0: Before we get started, I want to talk about sponsors that help make this show possible. I've partnered with swimming companies that can serve our international audience. I'd like to introduce our newest sponsor, Swim Angelfish. Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to SwimAngelfish.com today to apply. One of the best ways to build power in the pool is by using a tower. I got introduced to Chuck Destro. Because of the way Chuck designed them, they can break down and ship in a much smaller box so they can ship anywhere in the world for a reasonable price. Use code BRETT at checkout and save $150 on a double swim tower. That means if you order two, you can save $300. Order four, save $600. Go to DestroMachines.com to get your team stronger in the water today. Looking to host your first swim meet or replacing an old timing system? Run a swim meet with ease from your laptop using Superior Swim Timing. You can use Superior Swim Timing with your existing equipment or they can provide you with a complete timing solution including deck harnesses, buttons and starter. SST is fully compatible with Hi-Tech and Team Unify as well as Colorado, Dactronics, and Amiga touchpads. Go to superiorswimtiming.com to learn more And be sure to tell them I sent you. Nate's come out with another awesome tool for the swimming community. It's called Swim Nerd Live, and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone, or other device. It has all the information you're looking for, event, heat, lane, name of swimmer, times and places. One click on any device and they're watching you swim it live in real time. Go to SwimPractice.com to learn
1: more. Welcome to Swimming's Best Talk Show. Gonna learn all the things that Brett Hawk knows. As he has a chat with his guests about what it takes to be the best. But the sport's about more than just best times. It's winning the battle against your mind. So listen in and let's take a dive with Brett Hawk as we go inside. Any noise though? What's it noise? Yep, 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 yep. It's probably yeah. you. Hello. We're back. Hello, guys. Sky. Hey there, Sonny. What up?
2: Yeah, all good here.
1: All good here.
0: Boys, we're back. We're going live again. Weekly news show. This is awesome. I'm loving it.
1: So, here's what we're going to do we're just going to run through some of the biggest headlines of the week. Uh, things we're interested in talking about. Uh, Maybe we'll share some screens and share some videos, but we're going to try to stick to a timeline here. Three minutes. That's it. On to the next topic. Mm. Okay.
0: Shoot. Let's hit it.
1: All right. We got some FINA news here. First and foremost, world short course championships are getting a pay raise. They're increasing it by two point eight million bucks. So individual events have increased by fifty percent. Wow! Uh, this is from the newly elected FINA president Hussein Al Musalam, mm. uh, who's basically basically said his focus is to to try to bring more money into uh, the athletes' hands. So certainly, it's a short course meet. Uh, we don't we don't see the participation that we normally do. But your thoughts on paying the athletes more money?
2: Sonny, go for it. I mean, mean, that's exactly what we want, right? Uh, Hopefully ISL have, you know, given Fina a little bit of a kick up the arse and we're pushing towards everyone getting a bit more money. I I personally love this because I love short-course swimming. Uh, It's big over in the UK. I know in America you have yards, which is huge, and you don't really touch the short-course meters, but, you know, the Americans are great when they do it because of how good they are at yards, and there's a great transfer there. So I'm, I'm really excited for hopefully... You know, quite a big bunch of athletes coming to do this, this meet and uh obviously getting paid more, which is the end goal that we, we want. We want we want athletes getting paid more.
0: So when is it exactly? And what are the new prize money uh, fees here? What are, what are we getting? Um,
1: It looks like we're in Dubai. In
0: Dubai, right. Is um, it December? Yeah,
1: they're not really breaking it down. It's just a total of 2.8 million bucks, which is an increase of 50%. So it used to be there was 1.4 million dollars on the line, and now it's doubled. Uh, the other thing is, if you break a world record, you get 50 grand. Wow.
0: Okay. Now, is this um, is this in December?
1: This is in December. Sixteenth yeah,
0: yep.
2: for the twenty-first. Abu Dhabi. Sixteenth
1: to twenty-first. Weren't you just there, hmm. Sonny?
2: I was in Dubai. I've never actually been to Abu Dhabi. I was in Dubai for four months this year. Um, oh, it's like so yeah, two mid-life. hours down the road or something. You're literally not 45 minutes. It's just to get yeah. in, you had to have like 27 COVID tests and <laughs> all that. So I gotcha. didn't bother going.
1: Well, that makes sense. So okay, this
2: the-
0: is, um, hang on, in terms of, um, does this clash with the ISL? I, I know that the, the semifinals and finals are going to be somewhere around there, I thought too, aren't they?
2: Yeah, I'd like to think ISL have known the dates of this and they won't purposely put them together. I'd like to think, but who knows? Maybe they've done a little bit of a uh, a power move and put it on the same dates for the final. But I think the final will be a little bit earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah I, no, I, I think the final's January. That's what I, that's what I think. But maybe the semifinals um, are pushed up. And look, what does this mean for the athletes? Bottom line, oh, we're out of time here, but uh, the athletes are going to be doing a lot of swimming. And winning a lot of money, I guess, if they want to. Mm. All right.
1: Yeah, it's um, the ISL says the finale for season three is still in December. It's still to be determined. I think they need to find a country that everyone can get into easily, obviously, with COVID restrictions, that sort of thing. Um, So that's going to be a big part of it. Uh, I assume that they have listened to both sides and they know the ISL is not going anywhere, at least for right now. So. Uh, they probably will not clash on the, on the same schedule. I would assume um, the other big news is um, Finn is also going to donate a boatload of money to Africa to try to increase swimming in Africa.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: $29 million over the last, over the next four years. One of the investments is an elite training center in Tunisia. Obviously, Ahmed Hafnawi, um, as Matthew DeGeorge wrote in his article, is a beacon of promise for the continent. FINA has also identified Senegal and two universities in South Africa for elite training bases, as well as other new establishments in Hungary and Russia. So um, some some FINA news there. Uh, Hopefully it's... I always thought like they should FINA should do what FIFA did for soccer. And that's basically uh, they just went around and built soccer fields everywhere. Obviously a little bit more cost uh, um, different in terms of building a swimming pool versus swimming uh, soccer field. But you could do that with drowning prevention. I mean, if you lay out the basis in a country and you focus on water safety and building up that um, in, essentially into a, a countrywide swimming lesson, pro, swimming lesson program, I think that's the way you should go about doing it, um, you know, building the base from the ground up. That's just that's just me.
0: Well, listen, it's one thing to build the infrastructure. It's another to maintain it, as we've seen in, in Rio. You know, look look, look what happened there when they built the Olympic facilities. They just went to waste after the Olympics. So, you know, hopefully, um, you know, they can do this the right way, build the infrastructure, um, support it, sustain it, um, you know, manage it properly and, and get, like you said, get people swimming, get them in pools, get the learn-to-swim programs up and running, you know, so sounds... Sounds like a good thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, anytime Fina's opening up their pocketbooks, they have a over a hundred million bucks in the bank. So um, yeah, drowning is pretty big deal. Half a million kids drown every year. They should certainly be doing something about it. Okay, moving on. We're way over time, uh, but this one will be uh, this one will be kind of short because basically Tatiana show and maker. There was a bunch of talk like, hey, they're not going to pay out the bonuses. South Africa doesn't got the money. They're not going to pay you. Um, and boom, it was like a hellfire storm across everywhere, social media, all the news outlets. Um, I'm sure in South Africa, it was on the cover of every single major sports news uh, page. Um, They have now kind of rescinded that and said, don't worry, we're going to find the money. We're going to get you paid. So uh, doing the right thing immediately once um, that that bad press train started. But um, your thoughts on... You know number one athlete in all of South Africa just the getting... was
2: just terrible. like their excuse was you know if we get more more gold medals at the Paralympics, we can't pay all them as well. like that was literally their excuse. It was like in case more people win, we can't pay Tatiana because then we have to pay everyone.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it does just some lip service. Uh, that was that's what happens when you get thrown to the press immediately without a real answer. Mm-hmm. I think.
0: It wasn't like they had ten gold medalists. They had one. I mean, like the promise was to pay a gold medalist for for the for the prize, and and she got it. And I, I mean they haven't won an individual gold. Uh, you know, did they win one in in Rio? In South Africa? Mm. Not, not
2: in not in the yeah. pool. Not in the pool. I don't know about other sports, but not in the pool. Yeah
0: yeah not um, i mean gold. so they've had, they've had they've had a while to save up their money for this one so let's pay the girl
1: yeah come on world record holder i mean yeah. i I feel like we've had adrian on here we've had Roland on here uh we know the kind of predicament that south african swimming's been in for a little while now but um yeah it's, at least they they, hur- they hurried up they and they fixed the problem and said hey we're gonna pay her so moving good. on good pay hey, the lady Where's this topic? Greg Meehan. Meehan. This might be the big one. (laughs) All right. If you guys haven't been paying attention, it seems like Stanford and the head coach, Greg Meehan, have been getting some flack, uh, certainly on one podcast from our friend, Chris DeSantis, uh, who entitled the podcast, if you're Greg Meehan, please don't listen to this. (laughs) 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 Uh, But it's also in the Swim Swam comments. It's on the Facebook page. Um, people are basically just saying, Hey, look, Katie Ledecki hadn't got a best time in years. Simone Manuel's overtrained, and the Stanford showing at Olympic trials was not good. Uh, so a lot of people are saying it's time for Stanford to move on from Greg Meehan. <laughs> Your thoughts?
0: <laughs> well, I'll start this one. <laughs> That's crazy talk. First of all, uh, I believe Stanford top the medal um tally for any college at the olympics so let's let's just go there i mean th- f- just because Caitlin lendecky got beat doesn't mean that it was a bad olympics for her i mean she got beat by somebody that um just purely outswam her and, and had to basically swim almost world record times to beat her and then she came back and won her own individual gold medals um so listen Katie Ledecky swam really well at this Olympics, I thought, especially based on the fact that she wasn't fully rested at the trials. Um, but but apart from that, look, Greg Meehan did an, an incredible job of keeping her composed getting her uh, the medals that she needed to win. Um, look, I'm not sure what's going on with, with Simone Manuel. I mean, she's had success in the past. It's very difficult to continue that success at the top like that. Um, she, she's obviously had her own issues during this period. Just like many other um, top-level athletes during COVID, it was a very difficult situation to to manage. And, um, you know, I'm sure he was no different. So, look, I think uh, Greg's an incredible coach. Um, he's been on this podcast. He's been willing to share. Uh, he's been open with us. Um, I'm a big fan of Greg Meehan. Uh, you're going to be very hard-pressed to find anybody that's um, better suited for that job than him. So good luck if you want to get rid of him.
2: Yeah, I think just a coach is an easy scapegoat for anything. And uh, when Stanford is smashing NCAAs, winning back-to-back titles a few years ago on the women's side, everyone loves Greg. And, uh, yeah. you know, maybe it's not the best performance from Simone. And I think Katie, I think Katie done great. We've we've said this enough times here. So um, I, I think it's, it's gibberish, really. Um, as far as I know, Simone, all of Simone Manuel's PBs were done when swimming with Greg as well. And when, you ha- when you've got athletes of that calibre, you can't just rinse and repeat the same tried and tested programme year in, year out. You've got to try and reinvent. You know, Ledecky's had the 1500 added to her lineup. You know, she's got a debate about whether we're doing the 100 relay and the, the 200s, and is she going to try and win the 200 or the 1500? So you've got to reinvent the programme a little bit. And, you know, you're not always going to get everything perfect, but I think Katie done great. And I, I'm sure, you know, there's more of, more of Greg's athletes that are doing great out there as well.
1: Yeah, and the, I think a lot of the talk wasn't just on those two major superstars, but just all the recruits that had been coming in that were on junior national teams that ultimately didn't make make it to the Olympics. But when you, if you go back, which I did, and I looked at all, like 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, all the top recruits uh, f- from the mothership, like the top 25 recruits. And if you look at the list, none of the lists have any Olympians on them. Except for Brooke 40, who swims for Stanford. Mm. Um, And I think Taylor Ruck, who swims for Stanford. Um, So uh, I don't know. I think there's, it's, it is really hard um, to go from being a superstar at 17 in high school and continuing to improve 2% every single year to get to that point. So, yeah, no, I think he's just fine. Yeah, let's move on. Olympic ratings. The Tokyo Olympics. Talk to us. What about these? They were down 42% from the 2016 games, according to NBC. 42%. I mean, people are basically saying, What's going on with the Olympics? Maybe they're not... Maybe... What's wrong, right? Why are we seeing a 42% drop?
2: Mm, Tony, what do you think? I can't talk for the American public and NBC. In, In the UK, the BBC was... We normally have on the BBC the red button, which gives you like every live sport. So you can sit there all day flicking through table tennis, rowing, athletics, swimming, whatever's on. This year, they... I think they got like 10% of the footage they normally got. They didn't get much swimming. It was tough. Like we didn't have the heats live broadcast on any station. You had to get the discovery plus package, which was obviously an investment. So I think it's just more difficult to, to watch some of these sports. Now that's at least how the case was in the UK. And obviously watching the swimming live here was 2.30 AM, which you have to be bonkers or committed to do.
1: Yeah
0: yeah it is interesting i mean um there wasn't a lot of build-up to this one it was almost like uh olympics here's a swimmer here's an event boom next i mean it it seemed like uh it was very difficult for everybody to promote this properly it didn't seem like journalists were able to like the amount of journalists were able to get there the amount of of stories backstories they were able to do beforehand um was limited i think a lot of people We're just not sure whether, um, you know, this was going to happen. And and then there was all the restrictions in in bringing it to the public. So um, much more difficult. But, you know, Reda says here in the comments section, time difference um, for sure. I mean, you know, uh, morning finals. I don't know. You know, who knows? But um,
1: I think the biggest thing is like it is an interesting topic. What do you think? There's just not people there, right? Mm. Think about mm. how many people would have been at the game. Let's just say COVID didn't happen at all. 50,000, 100,000, 250,000. I mean, it's crazy how many people are there. Then you have every single person on their phone. And now they're tweeting about it. Now they're putting a video on Facebook about it. Now they're out at the, at the restaurant and they're watching it. Now they're at the bar watching it. Now they're at the after party. I mean, all that is gone all that has been eliminated. And the only thing that you can basically watch or be a part of is the stream at whatever time it is. And you got to go and figure that out. Um, and yeah, I mean, even, even for us, like, I think a lot of people were, were kind of complaining and it like it's nine 30 before we even get started. And these people, most of these swim coaches, they got to get up at four o'clock. They just couldn't do it. They couldn't stay up till midnight every single night. Like we could, um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be back if if as long as COVID goes bye bye, and the next uh, Paris Olympics, there's hundreds of thousands of human beings sharing in each and every Olympic moment. I think it all yeah. uh, it'll be fine again.
0: Well, that's the other thing. We're we're only three years away from the next one. We're in Paris. I mean, Paris is going to be epic. Who does not want to go to Paris and enjoy that one? So, um, you know. Uh I appreciate this comment here by the way. Brett is looking older. You're right. I mean, it's uh it's, it's I'm it's in California time. right now, so it's real early in the morning for me. I went to a baseball game last night. I went to my first pro baseball game last night and uh watched the Padres, San Diego Padres. That was it was a lot of fun. But um, I'm feeling it this morning. I gotta wake up.
1: Get that coffee in your body What's the next one? Bully in Cusack. Um mm if you missed the Michael bowl interview, which many of you didn't, it seemed like it's still being watched, you know, mm. uh, by a load, boatload of people. Uh, but we got Simon Cusack on tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. you're, the, you're the one interviewed him. What, what did you talk to Simon about while he's sitting there in Darwin doing nothing, twiddling his thumbs?
0: Uh, yeah. And look, first of all, I apologize for the Bowley um, podcast in terms of the quality of it. We had some internet issues and, and so I just looked, you know you always debate whether you want to put it out but the content was so good and so current and so valuable i just i put it out the simon cusack one that's coming out tomorrow i promise you the quality is first class no internet issues at all he's amazing he talks in detail about um raising basically raising these two young girls the the campbell sisters from the age of seven and nine you know all the way up to olympic champions world record holders um it's an incredible story uh, he he goes into great detail about his program, just in in you know, just like Bowley did. These these Australian coaches are really willing to share, and I think that's where they're seeing success right now. Is that they're opening their programs to each other first of all, and saying, "Hey, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. Let's get together. Let's share ideas. Let's share workouts. These are things that work for certain events." I mean, they're really putting their heads together to to come up with the best possible team they can get even if it's at the detriment of one of their own athletes, you know, it's like, let's, let's put the best Australian team forward. And that mentality and that, um, togetherness is really showing through in the results. I mean, Australia came away with 20 Olympic medals here, massive achievement. Um, Sonny, can you speak on in terms of why you think the Brits did so well this time around? Um,
2: I, I, I don't know. I've not seen all the programs, but, um, yeah, well, I think we just got the momentum early on and we've got some really talented athletes. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I definitely see a bit of it to a degree, the, uh, the collaboration between programmes here. I think definitely at the mm-hmm. top end, there seems to be a little bit of that. Not as much as, um, I mean, I've seen a clip from the, the, the Simon Cusack podcast coming coming soon, but mm-hmm. not to that degree where there's like a super phenomenal swim and all the coaches get round and, and break it down how that happened. But I, I definitely see it to a degree. I think it's a smaller, tighter-knit community of coaches in the uk with us being an island compared to australia and the usa so i i I definitely want to see more of that and i think definitely social media and things like your podcast brett is is allowing Mm. more coaches young coaches like myself to be able to get insight into what is going on at the top Mm. level and everywhere in between Mm -hmm.
1: i actually got this clip um already loaded up so let's let's give the audience a little taste of what they're going to see from simon tomorrow this was like what we just talked about is like sharing knowledge. This is how far Swimming Australia has gone to do that.
0: A few countries in the world understand how to get a woman to swim 53. It seems like Australia is the only country in the world that's figured out how to get multiple women to swim 52. What is it that you guys are doing down there that is so different to the rest of the world right now?
3: I think um, knowledge sharing is a big key. one thing I've tried to do with running the uh, women's sprint uh, at the national event camp is is uh, use sets that I see as being key for preparation, and then use those within that training week. So, so those assistant coaches and and coaches of other uh, athletes within that group can can see and understand how those set design uh, evolved and came about to start with. Mm. Um, you know I've, I've never been one to um to hide uh, what i was doing i don't believe in in secrets i think you know if you if you think you got secrets um yeah good luck to you you probably think you're a guru as well um but 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 i think one of the things we've done in australia is very much you know all that information then is disseminated out through um all coaches involved at that level so so um for instance, you know, uh, Michael Bale can have access to what I was doing. Uh, I can have access to what Dean Boxall's doing with Ariane Titmus, and, and you know, um, Vince Raleigh can have access to, to um, other programs and, and we can have access to what he's done with Zach um, Stubbly Cook. So I think that that's a great strength in Australia. We're, we're very much recognise that um, we have a limited population we have uh, a limited um, talent pool and we really have to try and try and get the most out of
0: what we're working with. Awesome stuff, eh?
1: Okay, yeah, Simon.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, Simon Jones, thanks for watching again, mate. Glad we could help your little quarantine go fast there. Let's move on.
1: We got Bo Becker on the show today. Mm, just just if, you missed, if you missed that one, tune in, listen to Bo. He's got a great story.
0: Yeah, we just put out a podcast on Bo Becker. Um, definitely not one you want to skip over. You know, I think uh, his story is incredible. I mean, this kid had literally he quit swimming. I mean, really, he he was out of the game. About eighteen months before the Olympic trials uh, he was he was done for six months he was just sitting on the couch eating, drinking beer, watching watching sports um, for for a variety of reasons but he was out got a phone call to kind of jump back into the ISL and that kick started his career again and here we are you know 12 months later from that decision he's an Olympic gold medalist and uh, swam in the in the night you know, Gave, gave the gave the touch to caleb dressel uh to finish that relay no was it zach was it zach apple who finished the relay or or caleb in that four by one free Dressel let remember. it off Dressel let off and zach finished it up yep yeah so um yeah olympic gold medalist great story Uh, had had a lot of some hardships throughout his life with some things that he's had to deal with. So definitely get on that one. What's your impression of Bo Becker? Um, Sonny, did you know him before this uh, Olympic trials?
2: I remember seeing him for the ISL. um, And I I remember what, what college did he go to? Do you guys remember? He went to Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota, That was it. Yeah. Cause he, he he was pretty, pretty damn good at that as well. Um, I didn't have a clue about the story until the podcast though. Like um, I, I, Hey, that's why I love your love your show, because um, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass there or anything like that. But, uh, you know, you, you get to hear about these stories that just n- no one's ever going to pick up on. You know, unless someone like Caleb Dressel has an extraordinary story, we, we probably don't hear. Um, and there's so many talented athletes, the Olympic champions who, as you said, weren't going to swim. Uh, and, yeah, he seems like a great guy. And I, I, I can't wait for, surely he's got more in the tank to keep going. I think he split 47-4 in that final surely Mm. he's got more to give in the coming years if he stays with it Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it was interesting to hear him like he overcame arthritis which really held him back for a long time he didn't get to train long course a lot because of the arthritis um he uh he kind of goes talks a little bit about how like that six months or seven months off was just like the perfect mental reset he was like come completely ready to come back. And I think a lot of people can do that. Um, you know, this is a perfect time to take two, three, four months off. we got three years to the next Olympics. So um, yeah, it was, it's a great podcast. Listen to it. Get on it. We're right. All right. Swim of the week.
2: <laughs>
1: Tegan Odell, 14 years old from Irvine Nova aquatics out in California, breaking Missy Franklin's, 200 i am national age group record she went 2 12 5 2 five at 14 i go right there not yeah, get over it okay <laughs> oh
0: god i
1: mean she would have made
0: the semifinals at the olympics wouldn't she yeah
2: probably That's, yeah
1: yeah her splits 28 7 32 7 39 4 31 6
2: she's not she's not back ending much slower than uh a boy Michael Andrew, is she 31 <laughs> six on the back end God. oh brother there's not, week, there's not a weeks <laughs> not a weak split there though is there she, she, she she's 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 mm. the full package like 28 out 32 on the back that that's pretty bloody awesome 32 on the backstroke yeah,
1: she's this summer she's been 101 in the 100 back 10. <laughs> Two in the 100 fly, 112 in the 100 breast. I'm not so sure what she swam in the freestyle, but yeah, like you said, <laughs> I don't think she's got a weak stroke. So, um, Tegan Odell, congrats, swimmer of the week. Uh, Irvine Nova Aquatics, who's pff, I mean, just another legendary program. A few, few big names come out of there, <clears throat> Aaron Pearsall. Mm-hmm. Well, that's um, the thing
0: with USA Swimming, right, is that it doesn't matter um, how you think it's going to be. You know, we're going to lose this swimmer. You know, we're going to be down here. We're, you know, Michael Phelps has gone. Like there's always club programs that are just producing. There's great club coaches out there doing outstanding work, and they're just producing talent after talent, and there's always the next person. You know, there's the next Lydia Jacoby coming through, and this girl is a great example of somebody that's got an incredible future. Um sure colleges are probably all over already i don't know what what is she is she even in high school
1: (laughs) close maybe she's starting as a freshman this year i mean yeah she's got a while um wow crazy all right let's finish it up here uh we're just getting close to the 30 minute mark that's our goal not to go over 30 minutes um swimsuit guy you know it redder you know it Rita. isl season three. You're gonna you're going to Naples.
2: Yeah. I've i not actually put this anywhere yet. So um oh breaking sure. news. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, exclusive. I, 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 exclusive. You have got an exclusive. Yeah. Um I'm gonna be out in in Naples for the for the regular season for the five first five weeks, uh coaching energy standards. So um you can't how yeah. stoked I am about that. Like so stoked, so excited. Um I'll be coaching alongside James Gibson, Tom Rushton, and John from Fenabachi in Turkey. Um, We've got a great support team around us outside of that. And, I mean, I don't need to tell you who's on that energy standard team in terms of athletes like everyone. So, yeah, that's going to be such an experience for me. And I can't wait to see what I can learn and and hopefully make some great content as well. So, um, Mate, how did this come about? Um, I mean there's there's like a, there's, there's a few like bits going on um sorry about yeah i'm back at home the the the, the, the wi-fi here is not great and i've lowered the the resolution dax um
1: <laughs> Audio's hey, good,
2: dad. though. is dad, good what, watching what about garden. dad dad uh, Dad's he's pumping in the some... garden right now um he can't <laughs> even type look at him eight's happy um but yeah no like so my my, my well my second swimming club that My local swimming club to home right now is Whitten Dolphins. That's where James Gibson's from as a boy. So, um, you know, I've got a connection with James from that degree. Um, And, yeah, I I guess when I first got my first real coaching gig, I gave him a message and we've stayed in touch since then. And, um, yeah, I I, I was fortunate enough when I come home from Dubai to swim at UK Trials in April, I went via Turkey where Tom Rushton was... Coaching Cregor, uh, who had a great Olympics, uh, making the semifinals, finals multiple Estonian records, and also John, the the Fenibachi coach, I worked with him for a bit. So, I think between the three guys, I've I've got little connections with all of them, and um, yeah, that's that's how this has come about, I guess.
1: It's going to be a great experience, dude. It's exciting to be to get a be a part of all those awesome coaches as a young coach coming up uh you're gonna remember this for your entire career
2: oh i i I don't i don't doubt it like uh i know brett's experienced the isl in the first season and yeah for me it's i I feel very privileged very fortunate i i I really can't wait and hopefully i can bring you guys some insight on this weekly show as well Mm -hmm.
0: oh yeah we're going to be tapping into you in that camp for sure mate we're going to be getting you on here a lot
1: yeah we're going to need to know what's going on Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. create a little bit of trouble <laughs> get, get some people at each other get some drama
1: yeah we're looking forward to it dude it's um it's going to be cool to, to to get a video camera on there mm. on deck all the time so um that's it as the timer wraps up that's pretty much 30 minutes here uh like brett said we're going to try to do this once a week for you guys uh, run through some of the biggest topics and um, hash them out with people. So, uh, tune in. Uh, I guess, like, do we ever tell anybody to subscribe? You got to subscribe, guys. Mm-hmm. We need to get to 10,000 subs so we can start making some cool t shirts for you guys.
0: Uh, one last question here. Uh, SB, SB, you know it's coming. It's coming. Just be patient.
1: It's all it, happening.
0: It's coming. Trust me.
1: All right, All guys. Right. Thanks for uh, thanks for everything. We'll see you on the flip side.